Welcome to the Life Without Limits podcast, where we talk to expert entrepreneurs and thought leaders to help guide you in pursuit of financial freedom. Presented by Rory Brazel, the money mentor and expert in the field of life-centered financial planning. Through this podcast series, we wish to inspire people to live their dreams and to look after themselves for a long, successful and happy life. And now, it's over to our host, Rory Brazel. Hello, everybody, and you're very welcome today to episode seven of the Life Without Limits podcast. Today, my guest is Damien Davies of the Time Bank UK. Damien is managing director of the Time Bank in the UK, who are a company that provides power planning support and technical services to UK financial planners and advisors. Damien, you're so very welcome here today, and I thank you very much for taking the time to have a chat to me today. No, Rory, it's a pleasure. Thank you very much for asking me. Well, listen, I'll kick things off. Before we get to the main part, um, you know, if, if we look back at the last 12 months, what an amazing period worldwide. I'll, I'll break it into two, this question into two, Damien, in terms of how, how have you as an individual, as a family man, how have you guys got on? yourself and your wife and your couple of daughters over the last 12 months with the various challenges and then part two of that how has it impacted affected you and your colleagues in the time bank and how you operate your business yeah it's been a mad year uh there's no two ways about it i mean if you think back to this time last year we were kind of you know we were starting to feel that this thing is quite big uh you know it wasn't something that was just going to blow over i remember so we i organized a charity festival with a bunch of friends just to remember a friend of ours who died of cancer a few years ago and we 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 met back early january last year planning last year's event and this news was coming out and i was sort of saying to everyone i think we need to be a little bit careful that you know if this kind of blows up that you know we probably might need to even think about cancelling this year's event and everyone's like oh, no, no, no. but actually yeah I mean it's the, you, who could have predicted the way it's kind of changed everything you know I'm a very lucky in that you know we haven't been affected personally very closely by it so you know count my blessings hugely in that regard um, in terms of the family uh, again I'm really really lucky so my daughters are 16 and 18 I know I don't look old enough. Thanks for thanks for that. <laughs> I was going to say that. Uh, yeah. yeah, of course you are. Um, <laughs> but the whole homeschooling thing—I—I I, I kind of, you know, when you when you listen to people who've got really young kids at home, um, and they're trying to work and they're trying to homeschool the kids. I mean, you've got young young kids yourself. It's it must Absolutely. be really tricky. But but at the same time, I think what what a blessing to have that time with with your family. You know, I, I kind of I'm a like my work. Uh, practice is very much like I'm rubbish in the morning it takes me forever to get going but yeah. I'll happily work all night do you know what I mean I really I really admire these sort of you know people who can get up at four in the morning and work through but I'm the opposite and yeah, so yeah. I'd I'd kind of you know I'd be coming home late from the office and the girls would be you know kind of doing their own thing and actually being at home with them you know i, I it's been it's been a real pleasure um it's worked out great for you Damien with the sounds of it in terms of that you know you're able to be closer to your family and at the same time we're all different in how we work but it yeah. suits you in a lot of cases to be able to work from home in 
on an evening or or whatever part of the day yeah and, and this yeah. is the kind of perverse thing like our business is a virtual business so almost everyone worked from home but I worked in yeah. the office. It's kind of weird. Yeah, you know, yes. it, it kind of that full you, circle. You, you've said that to me. You've said that before to me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, 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 yeah. I mean, it is. It's. Uh, it, and you know, the girls, the age they are, they've been able to kind of get down. They've got big exams this year, so A levels and GCSEs. Um, yes. So they've really kind of, you know, they've knuckled down. So uh, yeah, I mean, right. how, how, how about yourself with the with the with with the young ones? Yeah, I have to say, Damien, our, my, my three daughters are what, nine, six and four. Um, it's been a it's been a long road over the last like I'm trying to think back in terms of when they had that uh, normality in their lives. School was, I think, September to Christmas. And that's about it, really. Mm. So uh, my wife, Orla, having to do the homeschooling, certainly for the nine and the six year old, the poor old four year old has to wait for the other two to get homeschooled until she can have some playtime. She's in for school later on in the year. Damien, it absolutely, it's been tough. Um, we've got, like yourselves, I'm sure, we've got a bit of light at the end of the tunnel here now in terms of primary school anyway here. We're going back to school in the next couple of weeks. Um, you know, outside that, in Ireland, it seems to be a no-no to opening up construction. So I think construction might well have to wait till after Easter, which is whatever, mid-April at this stage, and then the hospitality and the retail sector, by the looks of it's going to be May. But all, all I can say now, Damien, I'm sure you're the same, it's a step in the right direction by yeah, being able yeah. to get our kids back to school. We'll take a bit by bit after the, after the 12 months that we went through. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. Work-wise, looking at kind of where, what, what, you know, what impact it had, it was quite, it was quite a weird situation it's it was almost like a bit of an out-of-body situation but like a work equivalent of that because yeah. kind of you know everything was going going off and so we we actually took the the move to shut the office and do like a drill so like yes. a homework drill so we said right let's let's pretend from monday that there's a lockdown are we ready for it so we, oh we sent everyone home and said Incredible. right let's do this yeah. that week was when boris johnson said right if you have if you can work from home work from home and so we were yeah. like well, we better stay here then but it was interesting seeing the shift of work so so the advisors here um they weren't able to meet clients and if you think about it i mean i, I guess it, probably the same for yourself that if someone's investing quite a bit of money they want to be able to meet people um and they want to you know just just a contact just know that you know do i trust you sit down with their advisor absolutely yeah. at a table yeah. and yeah take yeah, the time yeah. out and do it yeah so so the work that we were doing shifted quite dramatically, really quickly, actually, from a new business sort of reduced, but existing business. So servicing existing clients increased. Yeah. So it's yeah. quite a weird, it's quite a weird shift. Um, and, you know, we'd, we'd always done both parts and it yeah, always been yeah. relatively equal uh, weighting. But yeah, massive shift. I think that's probably really good for clients at the end of the day as well, because, you know, can't, clients the bit that clients really value with their advisor is sitting down and actually just talking to them you know they yeah that 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 opportunity and i think you know whilst we've got screens between us and it's not quite the same um it's still it's still engagement and i, I i've got to applaud the profession you know that shift to it's a massive shift when you think about it and, and i know yeah. as as a profession we've probably been affected uh, less than a lot of the others yeah it's been managed brilliantly i think by and large you know that the, the ability to keep people you know engaged and 
understanding that, that they're there for them. So yeah, definitely, Dave. And I'd agree with you on that basis. That I remember that scare coming along last March, and we were all talking about being a, uh, you know, looking at the possibility of delivering financial advice and planning over the likes of Zoom or Teams. And I, for one, wasn't. I was going, okay, this isn't going to work. I hope this is very short term. In fact, over the last twelve months, we've all got that bit better. And I'd imagine, you know, certainly within the sector, we're going to work in very different ways, whether it's a bit in the office, a bit remotely. But the biggest thing for financial planners here in Ireland, and I'm sure in the UK, is to be available to their clients. Yes, we want to do more meetings face to face, have a cup of coffee, have lunch, whatever it might be. But it's more important that we're available and we're available on the client's terms as well. So some clients yeah. might say, yeah, I want to see it once a year face to face, but the rest we'll conduct it by way of teams or a phone call, whatever. So I think it's only going to help in terms of uh, time and cost efficiencies as well as, yeah. as we as we come through COVID. I'm going to jump right into uh, Damien, 1990s young book in the financial services arena. What we had in terms of career and coming up to the early noughties there when you formed the time bank in 2002 can i ask you where did you see that that gap that opportunity that the time bank might fit in as a support function within the financial services sector i'll be honest with you i can't pretend to be any kind of a visionary it was a decision based on a really close based assessment you know so i was employed as a para planner like before i got into financial services i was a tailor right a gentleman's okay. outfitter yeah, I still, you know, I still see people in a suit and I think, oh, he's got a savage drop right shoulder. He needs a bit of or a bit of a sway back, you know, and um, and I had a shop next door to a bunch of, of IFAs and they used to come in and I designed them suits and all this sort of stuff. And then one day the boss came in and said, do you know what, quite like you, if you could do your exams, I reckon you'd be really good at this job. And I, I thought, well, OK, no. so spent my spare time doing the exams and I absolutely loved that job it was brilliant the first job in in the it was a it was a business that was growing really quickly and so I was an IFA very green very you know wet behind the ears and I soon realized I'm not a salesman because you you, you know with the best will in the world at that time it was mortgages and it was it was a very different kind of a world and I realized it just didn't work for me and so I took a job as a power planner right and I was like what's a power planner yeah can I ask you you know when you said back it was mortgages am I right in saying it was very much products it was products oh yeah massively yeah 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 100 percent. I mean this is like 1997 was my first job in the industry and it was yeah it was product sales and um and it was really exciting but I couldn't get my head around it. I just couldn't, I didn't know enough, if I'm honest. There's a lot to learn when you're, oh, you're trying huge. to get the technicalities yeah, yeah, of the yeah, products. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. So this job for a power plan is advertised and, and I didn't really know what it was. And I went for an interview and it was really interesting. And basically I was working as a right-hand man for the, for the planner. So, so he was meeting clients, doing all sorts of bits and pieces, and then getting me to help him with delivering the service to the clients. And I learned loads. It was like my higher education. So I was working with him and it was while I was working with him that I then obviously had my sort of eldest daughter was on the horizon and I was kind of looking at looking at lifestyles and it's a big long commute back down in Surrey kind of commuting up to the sort of you know suburbs of London long really long days and I was sitting there thinking I wonder and I, and I said to him do you know what rather than pay me with this kind of why don't you pay me on productivity and you know, the more productive I am the more, more I can earn and he was like no, not really 
Mm-hmm. And I just thought, I wonder if there's something in this. I wonder if I could sell this, you know, and, and create like a business around it. So literally, yeah, jacked in the job and thought, mm, let's see what's what. Let's give it a punt. My my daughter came along. So so I was looking after her in the day and then working on the business at night. Yeah. And just sort of seeing if it would, you know, if there was kind of legs in it or not. And um, yeah, it's been a proper journey. It's, inc- it's an incredible story. And the reason I say that, it's so simple. Like a lot of good things, um, as you said there, Damien, you're not, you're not professing to be a visionary or anything like that. It's just, okay, I see a problem here, a solution that I have real kind of life experience on. I wonder, could I, you know, fix that? Yeah. And it was as simple as that. And I'm sure you started off on a very small basis and like oh, yeah. more and more, more and more follow the whole lot. So, I still have my uh, first invoice that I sent out. Yeah, incredible, I have to say. And it's been a ride. It's been a real ride. I mean, it's, um, you know, I, I, if, I was, if, if I'd been to university properly or, or done proper business studies and all this sort of stuff, I'm sure we'd be much further ahead than we are now. But yeah. I've loved every day. You know, it's been great. Brilliant, brilliant. And fair play to you. Thank you. So I guess post-2002, you've started, you're making yeah. some, uh, you're making some headway. How do you feel, two parts to this again, Damien, two parts is very much the time bank, yourself as managing director there, your team. How do you, how do you feel it has evolved over the last couple of decades? And then the second part of my question is, uh, within the financial services industry, UK and beyond, how do you feel that has, you know, in my mind, completely transformed i would say in the last decade and and when i ask how do you feel damien it is the knock-on effect of what you guys do for you know planners and advisors throughout the country it's quite a depressing question in a way because <laughs> see in my head i'm still 18 i'm still a kid do you know what i mean but actually asking that question and reflecting back i guess if i was a kid coming into the industry now i'd be looking at me thinking ah oh, these old farts you know they don't they're not yeah, they're the yeah. past we're the future sort of thing but actually it's it's been so much change i think if if we were to reflect on where we've been over the 20 years i can't imagine that this profession uh, has seen as much change in sh- in such a short period of time it's quite yeah. astonishing really and again you know the 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 ability of 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 the industry to evolve and adapt to that and not just not just survive it but genuinely thrive in it you know you see the businesses that you know the businesses like yourself you know you put clients first you know that ultimately it's the client who is the most important person in the process and you see those businesses thrive within the environment that it's in yeah it's astonishing it, it I, I you know i take my hat off to 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 you know people like yourself that have that have achieved that what are those changes well, it's regulation, really, isn't it? I mean, yeah. a lot of it has been... So when I started in 1997, that was the f- first kind of set of mandatory exams in our, in our jurisdiction that, 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 that needed to be passed in order to be an advisor. Okay. I think it was like... Uh, uh, it, was, it was the uh, financial planning certificate, it was called. It's literally three papers. A really, really straightforward exam. I think, and I might be wrong, but back in the day it was the equivalent of of a senior shift worker in like a like a mcdonald's or a factory or something like that so really no low standard if i'm honest um but that 
that move to say, well, you've got to have a minimum level of qualification, that was, it was quite seismic because you'll know this, the, the work of, of giving advice to clients and telling them what to do with their money, so much of that, the real value in that and the real value in what you do is the experience that you have as an individual, the years and years yeah. and years of looking at circumstance understanding what the investments mean, understanding who the, what the clients are trying to achieve and how to actually achieve it. Yeah. So much of that is experience. And I can understand that there might have been a bit of resistance from, you know, old school advisors back then. Yes. But the beauty is, is that if you create this kind of uh, foundation requirement for qualification, you're only going to improve the quality of people giving, giving advice. Yes. Now, when I think back to that, that's 1997. We're now at the point where the qualification standard is a lot higher. And I feel that we're on the cusp in this country that qualification sort of mandatory level is going to be higher again. It's like the chartered or the CFP qualifications. I, I feel that that should probably be the benchmark before too long. Okay. That degree of difference is massive. It's massive. Yeah. And that's really good for clients. You know, the evolution of the, the sort of regulations that have come about have all been they, they're all good for clients they're all things that you know they can be really frustrating but they're really good they're really good outcome for clients so we had like in the uk we had depolarization which is this idea that you know you're independent or you're tied you've got uh rdr so that came about 2012 that was massive that was probably the biggest biggest shift that big increased level of qualifications required and also the notion of moving from a sales kind of transactional relationship with clients to a service, you know, yes. like a professional service oriented relationship. So that happened back in 2012. And then more recently, MIFID, which kind of felt like it was, it was kind of capping off some of the things that RDR was trying to do, but didn't necessarily have the teeth to actually enforce. So it kind of enforced that. So yeah, I think customers these days are really lucky to be getting you know, Absolutely, yeah, yeah. because um, it's a brilliant, brilliant place to be. But all of that regulatory change has meant that advisors tend to have to do more for clients. And that's, yeah. we've been really lucky. I mean, there's no two ways about it because advisors have to do more, they need more support. And so we're kind of right place, right time, you know, no two ways about it. Yeah. And David, to, to, to echo everything you're saying there in comparison here to the Irish market, absolutely. Like I started in the business in 1997, funny enough, we're talking about that year and up until Certainly when I started my own business in 09, it was very much advice on product selling. And that's all it was, you know, yeah. charges, allocations on plans, fund management. That's all that was ever really spoken about. I've noticed over the years, and this probably mirrors absolutely what you're talking about in terms of the UK, probably from that period when I started in 09 up to around maybe 2015, we were still kind of, we were trying to, trying to get out of that kind of model of product selling and advice, but it was still there. We were on the back of the global recession in 08, so maybe it was difficult in the Irish market. We didn't have an RDR scenario like you guys did in 2012. So it was difficult to make the change, but I certainly really noticed in the last five or six years here in the Irish market, as younger guys come into the market as well, of course, straight from college and all that, it is all completely around financial planning and looking after your client in better ways with your skills your experience and then the resources let's say that the time bank can deliver we've seen it Dame, in the last while everybody's seen it in the last while with covid you know we we can adapt we've got all these technologies available 
So I can just see certainly the financial planning market. It's, it's gained so much traction in the last while. It's just going to get better and better. And ultimately, that is better for the customer. Yeah, you're 100% right. And it's the context of advice. You know, that planning, I guess, as a profession, it's quite a hard thing for a civilian to, to really understand, you know, the depths of the difference between advice and planning. You know, planning puts context around advice, doesn't it, at the end of the day? So a customer might say, hey, I just want some help with my pension. And, you, you know, you can give advice on the pension and, and fix their problem for them. But if you're able to then plan their life forward and go well what why what what are you doing it for and i think that just puts so much more context around it and i think it a really well engaged advisor and client relationship is uh, i mean it feels like over here potentially the notion of planning is is probably going to be drawn more into the regulations it's not regulated Um, same here yeah yeah but it feels like it will be before too long i think that's because like the regulators so the fca over here they they send a letter out Dear CEO letter, it's, it's called. And they sent one mm. at the beginning of last year, which uh, was explaining how they wanted to make sure that clients who were at the point of their life where they're taking income from their investments, so their vesting phase, uh, got really good outcomes. And the reality is, if you're taking income from assets, you've got to know how much income you can take, how long it's going to last, how sustainable yeah. it is. And you can't really do that if you're not planning. So it it feels like the next evolution might be something along those lines. The customer relationship that they, you know, it's so it's so valuable for them. And it comes back to that very simple thing there. You put in my mind, you know, uh, I talk to clients about, you know, why they should consider financial planning as opposed to just setting that pension up in isolation. And it very much is to answer that question to the client. Have I got enough money now and into the future to do what I want to do? Reassurance, peace of mind to say, right, we as a family have personal goals, dreams, things that we want to do. Have we got the resources and the finances to do that? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, brilliant. Exactly right. Brilliant. Damien, I know we both have have great plans for the Irish market. We've been working, we put our heads together in the middle of last year in terms of what we're going to do in terms of the time bank here, an Irish uh, setup. And we're going to aim to offer the same support and services that are available in the UK to Irish financial planners and advisors here. I know we're probably going to turn the table a bit here. I know you're going to ask me in terms of my own experience as a financial planner and reaching out to you guys about, what, 10 months ago in terms of my experience with the the time bank. So over to you for a, a couple of minutes. I mean, it was it was really exciting when you kind of first made contact because it's something I've wanted to do for a long time. And it was that kind of conversation where I could see I could see you had the right mindset to make it work. You know, you the, the way you approach things. But when you in, engaged with us, you will have had an expectation of what you wanted to achieve. Now, in the UK, I, I kind of know whether or not people are going to it's going to work. But because it's a completely different jurisdiction, I felt that it would work. But if I'm honest, I didn't know. So. How does the reality kind of compare with the, the expectations for you? A great question, Damien, and it is very much unconscious of sharing this information and these nuggets as much as possible with our Irish listeners here, to whom para planning might be an unusual word or a term. I know it's more regular in the UK. It's becoming more than known here, but it's still very much in the uh, junior stages, let's say. Yeah, I was in a bit of a, a bit of a pickle, let's say, around Easter time last year. I was 
I was looking before that, probably for about six months before that. So the last quarter of 2019, Damien, I was actually saying, okay, I'm looking at businesses like the Time Bank in the UK and similar organizations in the States. And I'm going to go, I'm looking at it going, how is there not something like this available in the Irish market? And it was an ongoing thing that I had in my mind going, this would work so, so well. I had a couple of employees at the time. One was good, one was average. And I was kind of looking and saying, okay, surely a function like the Time Bank offer would work very, very well in the market. But I kind of put it to the back of my mind, Dame, is going, well, maybe it's just meant, not meant for the Irish market because we're a smaller market by comparison to the UK and the US. And I was just tipping away in it. And then, like a lot of things, we were talking about the simplicity of an idea. Something came around, as I said, I was in that pickle around Easter time last year and I was going, OK, I'm going to put in a call to Damien here and see, can we actually try and do something here? I probably like you, Damien, at the time was going, I don't know if this can work. We have a different kind of regulation standard here, you know, similar industries, but at the same time, you know, many, many differences at the same time. And I wasn't convinced. So we basically struck up an agreement, said, OK, let, let's just start this off on a small scale, kind of feel around it and see how we go on, on both sides. For me as a business, of course, and for you guys in terms of the support function. And all I can say, Damien, is we started off April last year, very much basic administration, uh, application processing, a bit of follow-up, investment research, all that kind of, I would call it traditional financial advisory kind of functions. And that was really, really good. And I was going, this is good, you know, I'm, I'm getting a bit of, uh, I'm getting a bit of faith around this, you know, these guys can do more and more. And then I was looking at it one day going, why should it surprise me? Because they've got these platforms available in the UK. And at the same time, we've got different companies here, but it's the same sort of processes. So, Damon, we grew in confidence then. And I'm, you know, working with you guys, doing the applications, the investments or whatever. And I was going, okay, I do a fair bit of financial planning as part of my business. And I, like a number of advisors and planners here, want to grow that all the time. Uh, my only downside was I was a bit restricted around the software. I, like you, Damien, we can talk and, you know, we can, we can uh, relate to clients and all that. But the biggest problem I had was the technical side of the, the financial planning software. So again, Power Planner in, the time, in time Bank works with me. I do the initial meeting with the client, get the financial fact find done. Uh, do a bit of work around their personal goals and objectives with it, which I always will do to create what is a financial life plan. And I was able to pass this information across to the time bank and get one of your power planners basically to do the whole financial planning software, give me a plan back, off I go and meet my client. The plan is there, the software is backed up. I don't even have to concentrate on populating the software. That was just absolutely amazing for me in terms of I was going, okay, I can produce and deliver this top end service. And at the same time, as you, Damien, said on a number of occasions, the para planner is doing the financial planner's homework. Essential, critical stuff, but it's stuff that has to be done in the background. I found that was a, a revelation. And then we moved on in the last six months and we started to uh, use your service in terms of report writing. So whether it's a full-on financial planning client, 
and we have to give them a full-on comprehensive report on their financial life plan mixed in with the money, their personal life goals, their dreams or objectives. You guys have rode in with me and were able to write these reports, which I believe is a top-end service for the clients that I serve every day. Even on a more basic level, Damien, and I spoke to you about this before, and you mentioned it a few minutes on our session here, if somebody comes and they just want to talk about, uh, okay, just set me up with that pension because I feel uh, I haven't started one sort of thing. I can actually say, okay, absolutely, we can do this. But what is the meaning behind that? I'm able to, with the help of the time bank, produce a report, which is something that the client can actually look at and say, oh, there's more to this than just taking out a product. It's yeah. the fact that I can understand clients perhaps going, oh, I just need my pension sorted or I just want some investment. But it's the context of all of the different areas protecting the lifestyle. And I guess, I mean, your, your clients respond to that. Absolutely. And it's just, it really has taken our service to a new level. And, and the advantage for me as the first Irish advisor to use the services, a lot of, you, of the report writing that I get, the financial planning work that I get, I would say truly isn't available in the Irish market at this time, but it's only a matter of time before it is. And in terms of the relationship and the, the discussions that I have with our clients and that top end service of we're at the top of our game in terms of delivering financial plans mm. along with customized reports. Uh, I have a completely different business in the last 12 months as a result. Well, well, it speaks for itself, doesn't it? And it's the bit clients want is they want FaceTime with you. They want to sit with you and talk to you and for you to challenge them and for you to sort of support them and mentor them. And I guess if this gives you that time, it's really nice to hear the positive stuff. And I'm really grateful. And I'm really glad because I'm not involved in the day-to-day -day stuff. So I can't take any credit for that. That's all down to the, the team. So it's brilliant yes. to hear that. But also, I've got to be honest, a lot of it, is from how well you manage the relationship so you communicate brilliantly and i think can you, can you yes. imagine if your clients wanted you to fix their, their problems for them but didn't communicate do you know what i mean how hard would your job yeah. be and if you kind yeah, of put yeah. it on the other way that's why that's why i think it's so successful for you is because you you communicate brilliantly with with our team absolutely, so, absolutely. You know, that's, that's massively a, a reflection on you it's just another thought i have here in terms of you know how our world how, how our business is changing all the time I was at a, an annual conference there last week and one of the guys was talking about whether you're a small brokerage firm or you're middle or you're whatever, one of the corporates, it doesn't really matter. We're all going to be working in so much a different way. We might do this hybrid of we're going back to the office for a couple of days. You'll probably do that yourself, Damien, and your team two days at, you know, two days at home, maybe Monday and a Friday, three days in the office. We're just going to be working in such a different way. But as financial planners here and i'm sure in the uk again we're going to be looking at opportunities to work in very different ways around time efficiencies cost efficiencies and all that so i think people out there will be happy with their employees but at the same time there is a gap to be filled there by the time bank in terms of those support resources in what's going to be a very very different environment in the next number of years post-covid yeah. Yeah, it's a good point. It's quite hard to predict, isn't it? It is hard to predict. And I find that in many ways you're talking to, I was talking to a pal of mine in the telecom sector yesterday and we're talking about what's it going to look like. But I think you'll find a lot of people talk now be, on the basis that we can only see what's happening now. 
and we're all talking about the world going completely online and that the shops are going to die and all that kind of stuff. But the reality is, I know my wife, for example, likes to go out and shop and <laughs> on the back of COVID, there's no doubt about it. People will want to go and they want to go for that experience in London or Dublin, wherever it is in their local, their local village or centre and go out shopping again and spend money in restaurants and businesses we're talking about going, you know, nearly 90% online. That's probably not going to happen either. We're just going to have to get used to the new norm, whatever that might be. Well, listen, we've um, we've covered we've covered a fair bit of ground in terms of financial planning, uh, the time bank, your own story, Damien. I want to I want to close it out going, I suppose, full circle in terms of, you know, and I spoke there in the last few minutes about my, my passion and belief in financial life planning. In fact, we call our financial planning service Life Without Limits. We call this podcast Life Without Limits. So can I ask you uh, a slightly personal question? Um, as, a, as a family man, as a businessman, Damien, and I'd appreciate anything you can share, what does a life without limits look like and mean to you? Do you know, it's, it's such a topical three w- words to put together as well at the moment, isn't it? Because, you know, we only got limits when you think about it. Uh, like yeah, physically, a lot of limits. But, yeah, yeah. But it also gives you the chance to kind of look at, you know, once, once everything's lifted, what actually is it going to be like? Ah, oh, such a big question. That's massive, isn't it? There's kind of different levels to this. So my 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 daughters are 16 and 18, and they have been absolutely my life for the last, you know, 16, 18 years. Yeah, um, I have people oh, I've got to ch- chase after my kids and drop them off at this activity. I actually love that. I love doing that. Love Running them there, yeah. dropping them there, doing all those sorts of things. Now I'm staring down the barrel of them both heading off to university over the next few years. And then I'm sitting there thinking, blimey, what's then? I know work is really, really important. And I get a huge buzz out of this business. It's it's so it's so exciting, particularly when you see what impact you know. To hear what you said, to, to hear the impact it has on people, it's quite it's quite humbling. And like some people do extreme sports, you know, they rock climbing and abseiling to get the adrenaline buzz. Genuinely, running a business, and you'll know this yourself. It's a buzz. It, it, it's it's a real True excitement. Buzz. It really yeah. it really yeah. is. So you know, there's always a, I love getting out and about. Um, you know, the girls hopefully. They'll still want to, you know, go away on holiday, so I can kind of trap them for those two weeks and hear all the yeah. exciting things that they're getting. Absolutely, yeah. It is really exciting the cusp of life that they're on. You know, sort of. My eldest is uh, looking to go away to to university, and we haven't really had chance to go and visit the universities because it's all been locked down. Of course, it's all yeah. been very virtual. So it's going to be a massive kind of adventure for for her. And I'd, yeah. I love the idea of sharing in that vicariously. You know, kind of yeah, yeah, taking that in. It's um, such a such a special time for her, isn't it? Yeah. Exciting oh, times. Yeah. yeah on yeah. on the back of COVID with the with the restrictions that we have, yeah. you know, you're looking around at the at the options, I'm sure, virtually now, but you know we're not too far off being able to do yeah. those real things again. So September she'll be going and 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 it should be relatively back yeah. to normal-ish. Yeah. But then yeah. maybe masks, you know, I those sorts so, of things. Yeah. But yeah, I mean they're gonna have a buzz. But as a family, we've always holidayed in in west wales in pembrokeshire west wales and that's just that's just like a happy place you know when we get a bit of free time like when they were really young bundle in the car literally bundle them in after school pick them up at three o'clock hit the motorway chase the sunset you know to the how, west. how far damien is that from where you live it's about two and a half hours away it's just it's just making the most like sunny day today getting out and about you know life without limits is just make the most of every every day yeah. you know yeah sun's shining great or if it's cold oh it, it feel nice in comparison to the yeah you know? yeah so it's a mix uh as, as your girls who are what 16 and 18 they go on 
and they do their own thing, I suppose, in terms of college, the whole lot. It yeah. is about the joy that you get from your business, from yeah, your yeah, marriage, yeah. Damien, from yeah. your outdoor, you know, I know you, you like to do a bit of training, boxing. Um, <laughs> it is about that. You strike me, Damien. You're, you're not a man to relax too much, which is a great <laughs> thing. I'm quite lazy when I need to be. I think it's, I don't want stuff to pass me by. So you're absolutely right in that regard. But at the same time, running this business is a buzz, but we all, we all work to live. Um, yes. And I think that if you work really hard and you enjoy that, it does make the leisure time more enjoyable. Is that kind of absolutely. weird? Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah. It's like it a does. contrast. It does. It? it makes sense to me. Yeah, absolutely. I'd agree with you. And running your own business, as you know, you work so hard, you've got so much going on. So when it comes to living with, with your family, you know, and doing all those great things with your family and friends, yeah. you really do. You really do appreciate them and, and embrace them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Thanks a million for sharing so much today in terms of your own story, Damien, the time bank, your life without limits. It's been, a, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you. Thank you, mate. Yeah, I've really enjoyed it. Thank you very much, Damien. Cheers, Rory. Bye for now. You've been listening to Life Without Limits with Rory Brazel. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please like and subscribe on the platform that you have listened on. You can find out more about the work that Rory does on his website, www.brazzlefinancialplanning.ie. Join us next time on Life Without Limits. Thanks for listening.